How do we optimize our state of mind so that we can bring our best to the long run in sport and in life? I'm Eloise Wellings, two-time Olympic athlete, and together with my mental skills coach, Rory Darkins, we are here to help you unlock your marathon state of mind. Hello and welcome to this episode of Marathon State of Mind. I'm super excited about this episode, this next special guest. She is uh, a great friend of mine, a fierce competitor of mine. And actually, I was scrolling through my phone uh, the other day and found some words that I'd written about her um, just 12 months ago after the Nagoya Marathon. And I'm just going to read this out now. These are the words that I wrote about our next guest. There's nothing more inspiring to me than someone who will take a chance and take a race on. This was my teammate, Sinead Diver, yesterday. There's not a race that I've watched her run that she hasn't shown the courage and boldness necessary in the pursuit of her best, and it's powerful. It empowers everyone around her to try and do the same, including me. I'm a better runner for watching her. Sometimes it works out and then other times it will be the next time before we get to fully enjoy a result from the risks we've taken to try and find out what's possible. You're my hero, Sinead. It's such an honor to be learning from you and there's no doubt in my mind that the courage you showed by letting it rip from the gun yesterday will form the foundation for your next good day. And we're about to learn and hear about this next good day. Sinead Diver. Welcome to or the show. Or Diva. Oh, Diva. It is Diva, isn't it? You just Either like... or. So I, in Ireland, I grew up with Diva, but then when right. I moved to Australia, yeah. everyone so pronounced Diva. Then. It's really Diva. That was actually one of our listener questions is how to officially yeah. say your oh, name. Oh, really? Yeah, so it is gonna... actually Diva. But I find it funny when uh, Aussies say Diva now. It sounds foreign. Diver so I'm so used to <laughs> so used to Diva uh, okay. in Australia. But okay. yeah, either or. Yeah, it makes okay. a match. Yeah. That's yeah. great. I was following you the whole race, like looking at your splits. I'm like, she's doing it. She's really doing it. And as you saw, we had 165 messages on the girl gang <laughs> chat, which of course is yourself, um, me, Jess Stenson, and um, the other member of our girl gang, Andy, uh, <laughs> Andy Buchanan. Um, and we're just so excited for you to talk us through it. Like what, you know, from start yeah. to finish. Um, actually, it was so funny when I when I opened up WhatsApp and I saw that thread and I saw like wh- however many messages I was like, oh, excellent! I'm gonna grab a coffee, sit down, <laughs> scroll through them, and have a good laugh at all the messages. It's really funny. Yeah. It was really yeah. nice. Um, so yeah, the race. Uh, gosh, where do I start? So I went to um, London early uh, on the 19th of November. Uh, so that was quite nice because it took me quite a bit of time actually to get over jet lag, even though it's not usually that bad going to, uh, to the UK. Mm. It still took me three or four days to kind of feel normal again. Yeah. Um, and then I had Charlotte Perdue there to train with. So that was really nice and caught up with her and Clarkie quite a bit. Um, and I went to Valencia on the Thursday before the race. Um, I get quite like... Got, was getting quite nervous before the race and I kind of keep to myself quite a bit um there's actually not really many people around that I knew I just met um one of the South African girls Irvet she was there in the same hotel as me so we hung out a little bit and then uh otherwise it was mostly the NN running squad and they pretty much 
catch themselves. <laughs> so I was trying to like um, catch a sighting of Good Day, but she kind of wasn't really around. She was probably on a different schedule to the commoners like us. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, um, yeah, I just did the usual like easy running on the days leading in. Um, didn't sleep that well again, unfortunately, which happened to me in Nagoya. Were you just um, thinking about the race? Is that why you couldn't sleep? I don't know. Like I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I was constantly like just lying in bed thinking, going over and over the race in my head or anything. Mm. I didn't feel super nervous. Um, so then I thought maybe it's because of my carb load because I had quite a big carb load on the Friday. Mm. So then I really cut back on the Saturday, but I still couldn't sleep. But that was the night before the race. So yeah, I don't know what that's about. I'm going to have to work on that because obviously that like can impact you really badly. But when it's I got up on <laughs> when I got up on Sunday though, I felt fine. Like I didn't feel like I felt in Nagoya when that happened. Yeah. In Nagoya, I felt shattered and I just didn't feel good at all. Whereas this time, I was like, I actually feel fine. Yeah. So yeah, and then I was just keen to start the race to see how my body was. Because I was afraid I might feel heavy and stuff after ha not having slept. But yeah. I knew for, from the first K, I was like, that K felt really good. It was yeah. like a 318. And I was like, all right, never pull back here, <laughs> settle. Yeah. But it felt felt nice. And uh, at 5K, it felt good. Uh, so then I kind of forgot about the no sleep thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had, um, we had the tech meeting the day before the race. And they told us the pace groups and everything. And I decided to go in the one that was 71.15 through half. Um, I had initially thought I might go a bit faster, but uh, they didn't have a pace group for that. And I was actually fine with it because I didn't know if I was being too ambitious or not. Mm. So um, I think we went through 5K on target on the right time. But then we started going really fast. And... There was two other girls in the group with me and then a gang of men. And one of the girls kept pushing the pacer in the back and saying, rapido, rapido. I was like, we just ran 316. I was like, slow down, slow down. And so he just kept getting faster and faster. And I, after two 316 kilometers, I was like, no, this is insane. So I pulled back, fell off the pack a bit. But it didn't phase me because I knew I was still like running well and felt good. But then I ended up catching them again. Oh. Um, and about, I think, just before halfway, I think the pacer realized like he was going way too fast. And the other girl had actually gone ahead of him. And the the third girl had dropped out, I think. So it was just me and the men. So then he came back to me and literally kind of guided me through until 30K. He was brilliant from the 20 to 30K mark. Like he's like, if you need me to go slower or faster, just let me know. And he was getting the guys to move out of the way when I had to pick up my drinks because they were kind of in my way quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really good. But then he pulled off at 30K and I was like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <But> Come back. <laughs> I was like, really? Do you not want to stay longer? <laughs> um, but it, then uh, but I was fine. And they told us in the tech meeting that at 34K, it's ever so slightly downhill to the finish. So I was like, ah. I just get to 34k and then I'll be like the rest will take care of itself but then at 35k I was like oh my god and it was, I think that might have been my slowest k right so it wasn't as easy as I thought it was gonna be mm -hmm. but you know then 
I, yeah, I don't know. I felt pretty good, still afraid at any moment I could pop. Mm. But I think when I got to, because like I didn't pull out of Nagoya till like almost 40K. Mm. So I got to 40K and I was in a world of pain, like everything hurt. You know what it's like at the end of a marathon. You literally, everything, you're in pain everywhere. Um, but with 1K to go, I was like, all right, you know, I know I, I've got, I can finish and I've, I know I'm on P, on a PB time, yeah. but I had my 1K splits on my watch so I didn't know my overall time so I didn't know if I was in record territory or not until I saw the clock at the finish <clears throat> um so I had like that that run down the the green carpet I think it might be 400 meters or 200 or something mm. so I knew like when I entered that section that I got it um so yeah I just ran as fast as I could and crossed the finish and <laughs> super yeah. excited yeah <laughs> It was so good watching your reaction at the finish. Even that I've watched it a bunch of times. Uh, even the little handshake, like <laughs> a nine-year-old Indy does that when she's excited. And this cute little handshake, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I like, cannot. And you dub, you, you look at your watch about sixteen times, like in the first. Couple I was like, of just to make sure. Like, Is like, this, I... this real? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, like I was so excited and. But it's so funny finishing like in that position, like I was 12th. Mm. So there was no <laughs> excitement or anything. Yeah, like, they only really care about the... <laughs> Yeah. And I just kind of stopped and I was like looking around going, can I give somebody a hug? Is there anybody? Yeah. Is there and a finishing medal? Of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think of that actually. You nearly missed that. Right. Um, but they were just kind of ushering us out. And I was yeah. like, oh God, like busting to meet somebody. And then I ended up, uh, bumping into Brady so he okay. was the first person that I saw so that was really nice and then we almost left and we realized we didn't have a finisher medal so we had to go back in again and go out a different way <laughs> to make sure that we got them yeah yeah um I'll, I'll take us into that moment you know when you see the clock and you come in and you know that you're actually going to pick up an Australian record um what what was the feeling like for you sort of seeing that and it's sort of a double barrel question. What did it feel like to kind of have that start to sink in? And secondly, is this something that you've been thinking about, dreaming about for a long time? So I'll answer the second part first, because uh, I this is something that I've hoped that I was capable of for quite a few years. But, you know, you're, you're never certain. You're never sure. Um, and... But training for this marathon went better than any other marathon. Mm. So I thought, this is my chance. But if it hadn't gone well on Sunday, I just would have been devastated because everything leading in had gone so well. Mm. I, I just kind of thought, if it just this doesn't work out, I don't know what else I have to give. So mm. I'm relieved that it, it worked out. And like I've had two other attempts, like I had it in my head at Nagoya when we were there LZ in March and then London when we had the 2k loop like I was going to try for it there as well but I just felt shocking on the day just mm. really heavy so and I, I, I still don't really know the reasons for that um so I was so relieved when I started Valencia and I felt like really good I was like I was just like okay it could happen today so then when I was coming down the finish, um, somebody asked me this before, actually, like, did I soak in the moment and stuff? And I didn't really, because 
there was another girl, an African girl ahead of me. She was in the, in the pace group ahead of me and I caught up to her. So then we were having this little battle coming down that strip. So she kind of elbowed me a bit and I was like, oh, so I was like sprinting as fast as I could. And there was this little competition going on. She got me, but um, I didn't think about breaking the record whilst I was coming in because of that, because I was trying to race her. And also I had seen the 221 and I wanted to get 221 and for it not to take over to mm. 222. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so in those when you've crossed the line and like, you're just, you know, did it, did it seem real to you? Did it seem like, oh, wow, I just did that? Or was there a bit of disbelief about, you know? There the was line? disbelief. Like, as Elsie said, I checked my watch like 50 times to make sure. And I like, was looking up at the clock and uh, I just, I just didn't know what to do with myself. I was so mm. excited and mm. I couldn't believe it. Like it finally worked out. It finally happened. And yeah, yeah it was a really, really good feeling. Yeah. And um part three to that question is um how does it feel now it's been a couple of weeks obviously and you know you've had a little bit of time to to start the usual recovery process and reflection I guess how how do you feel about it now when you look back and and realize what you've done um so it's actually been so good um so much better since I've seen everyone and I've been been able to share it with people like when I crossed the finish line and stuff I was a little bit oh gosh it's almost doesn't feel real unless you have someone to share it with mm. um so I just wanted to go and grab my phone and call Colin and I actually didn't realize when I went into we were in this underground car park and we had our bags in there and we didn't have service so I went in to check my phone and there was like nothing no <laughs> messages <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I, no, what the? Uh, hello, guys, <laughs> anybody? Elsie? <I mean>, <laughs> so then I, then I exited and I was like, and then it's, my phone just went nuts. I was like, oh, <laughs> People do um, care. <laughs> and I, I mean, like straight away and he was crying and I was yeah. crying and yeah, it was it was cool and then like my sister was there thank god um to share it with and but I just could not wait to get back to Australia yeah. I just wanted to see people that I knew see my friends and get home and um yeah it's been it's been really great mm. you mentioned a couple of times when you're talking about what was happening mentally within the race that you felt like at any moment you might pop yeah and did that did that come more towards the end of the race because you felt like you had more to lose because you were going so well or did it just come because you were hurting or both I think it was probably because I was going so well mm. and I was like I hope this isn't the precursor to everything unraveling really quickly mm. like in a marathon if you can everything goes really well and then you can just pop and you just so quickly you can go from like running 320s to like four minute k's yes and there's nothing you can do about it so, so I was, <clears throat> and because of what happened in Nagoya I was just like on edge the whole time even though I felt good but I still went through little dips and mm. um like I think that time when I went got to 34k and I had a few k that were a little bit slower I was like oh god I hope this isn't the start of me getting slower progressively slower 
Right. Um, but it wasn't. Um, yeah, but I was completely like it was quite stressful. This one, in mm. that, yeah, I just wanted to get to the end. <laughs> How did you when you thought that thought? Was there anything that you did to mentally turn the volume of that voice down or to like just keep in the present moment and just keep going? Like was there anything that you intentionally did to kind of get past that thought of or just go nut? Um, um, and there was nothing I intentionally did, even though I think for the next one I would make a point of having something else to think about. Like did you notice in Brett's interview he said something about uh, he thinks of three things. One was like, I think, pink flamingos or something. <laughs> the other was Maori plant. And then he had a third one. And I thought that's a great idea, like just to distract your mind a bit. Right. Um, so I'm going to think about that for my next mm. marathon. I think it's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. But I th- I think like th- those kind of thoughts came came to me but also left really quickly just because I was in so much pain mm. I'd kind of flee through my head and I'd get a bit like panicky about it but then I'd start thinking about how everything kind of hurts and yeah mm. yeah <laughs> I mean it's the most normal thought in the world yeah, yeah. <laughs> because what you're doing is hard and it, you know everyone thinks those thoughts yeah I was just curious to know whether it just kind of disappeared as a result of you just continuing to move forward and pressing in and Mm. leaning in and embracing any sort of feeling or if you intentionally you know thought of pink flamingos (laughs) (laughs) um but that's cool that that you you know learn something you're like i'm going to take this on to the next one because yeah yeah great that's awesome and um i wanted to just just while we're on it and kind of contrasting, I guess, you know, you, you mentioned Nagoya, you know, where you went after it and that didn't, didn't work out in the same way as this one did. Like, how do you, when you have a disappointment, you know, when you feel like, Hey, things actually went like quite well. And then, you know, but then something kind of got in the way of the, of what you were shooting for. How did you go about kind of resetting and, you know, um, focusing forward, you know, onto, you know, with, with hope for the next, the next big thing. Yeah. I mean, I was so devastated after Nagoya. Um, it really helped to have the girls there, like LSU was there and Izzy and Charlotte, uh, who were all like really supportive and really nice to me and help, you know, it, it was really nice not to be alone in that moment. Mm. And then when I came home, you know, I just didn't even want to think about racing. Mm for a long time but Nick actually messaged me pretty much <laughs> straight away the night like, that we got home yeah. <laughs> do you want to do a Gifu half marathon and I was like no <laughs> <laughs> my answer um, is the complete opposite yeah. <laughs> I'm like 100% I'm in <laughs> I was like uh, did not want to race for ages yeah. didn't want to think about it um but then I thought oh you know what I just have I need to shake this off Mm. the best thing for me to do and it did turn out to be the best thing was to get back in and race as, as soon as I was as, as I could like mm. it was still I'd still pretty much raced a marathon I ran to 40k mm. yes. so I needed to have that recovery time but I needed to get out there and race quick mm. yeah um, which I did I actually got back to training much quicker than I normally would after a marathon mm. after that one um, I just felt I just needed to do something just I was so annoyed at myself so so annoyed with how everything had panned out I needed to get back into training and then Gifu then ended up being one of my better races for a long time so it's funny how things work out 
you know yeah. and that from that race then I got my confidence back because yeah. I lost a lot of confidence I think leading into Nagoya I had a bad race at um Hobart on the bridge and lost my confidence there and then Nagoya was a real yeah <laughs> not not good yeah. uh so I needed the Gipper race to kind of pick myself back up again yeah that was a great a great run I remember cooling down with you and yeah it felt like you know a weight had lifted off your yeah like we're good we're good yeah <laughs> it's gonna be a good year um, yeah. But I love that, that you're able to shake that off and and get back, you know, get back on the horse, so to speak. And it's vulnerable to put yourself back out there when you have yeah. a disappointing race or a race that, you know, is unexpected. And, um, but that's what, you know, that's what we love and admire about you is that you, you know, you can have a, you know, performance that you're not happy with, but then you get back out there and you keep showing up. And that's why you, you know, that's why we were all celebrating so hard around Valencia because it's been three or four tries at it, at the Australian record, and, you know, there was many a high-pitched squeal coming from <laughs> my household. <laughs> um, not just me, Johnny too. Um, yeah. Um, and just you mentioned, you know, you mentioned you got your confidence back um, before that, and so I'm interested to know, like, the difference between like you know a, a great race or a you know, bad race in your opinion what is there any difference in your state of mind in terms of like what it's like to be you when you're kind of running that you're running at your best versus you know days when it's when it's just not not happening as well um so I think like training is completely made up of a mix of all of that mm. like sometimes you have these really positive patches where everything is going well and it's really easy to, to to go to training and everything is is great it's when you start to struggle then it becomes a real grind and mm. you really you have to be really mentally tough to just go all right I just need to get through this session I just need to get through this patch mm. and I know that I've been here before and I know that I'll come out of it mm. um with racing especially with marathons if you're not having a good day it's so tough because it's such a long way and you I think you know quite early on if it's well for me anyway I, I tend to know early if it's not going well um mm. and it's just such a mental battle to get to the finish mm. um but I think that you're better for it if you you mm. know fight through and just, just just get through that race and go all right well that was just not my day and mm. focus on the next one yeah yeah what do you what do you say to yourself when it is hard you know when you fit when you kind of know hey this is not my day but I've got 30k to go or something <laughs> you know yeah. what, what do you do internally to kind of get through that next k and then the next and um and because you know I've I've certainly seen so many times that you know you you have this ability to persevere you know and to to kind of you know you might yeah, I've, I've heard commentators say things like, oh, you, you know, you look like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're um, struggling and then fast forward half an hour. No, nah, she's not. No, nah, she's still there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, you've got this, uh, this resilience or this ability to persevere and keep going. And I'd love to know like what's underneath the hood there that helps you to, to get through those hard um, moments. Yeah, I'm very determined. Mm. And uh, I know, I generally, I know that I'll give myself a lot of grief for a long time mm. if I pull out of a race mm. so the pain during during the race is better than the pain after because I'll just I'll just 
for like a, a few weeks after I'll just be so annoyed at myself mm. um, and when I'm in the race I generally break it down into like for the next drink stop just break it down into chunks and just say just get there and then reassess and mm. then you always find something to like you know push yourself to the next bit yeah. uh, if, if I try not to think of like I still have like whatever 30k to go or 20k because then it becomes really overwhelming because mm. it seems like it's so far but if you just say i'll, I'll just just get to the next 5k mm. and just the next one and you can just get yourself through it that way i think yeah awesome so you're 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 making a choice about which pain is yeah. <laughs> preferable right you're like you know what this one's this this is short term and this is actually yeah. better than the the longer this will be term. over in an hour and a half whereas yeah. the grief i give myself will not <laughs> mm. end for for a while yeah yeah no i, I hear you and um is that is that determination something that you've always had even before you you sort of took up you know elite running yeah mm. um i've been like that like this since yeah. i was younger my family always kind of comment about it yeah um just about how determined i am mm. um i'm not sure why exactly but yeah i don't know i just i just am with everything yeah um you know if i set my mind to something i'll it'll give it everything to achieve it it's the same with work and everything mm. and yeah. like that. which I, actually uh, if you if you're trying to it can be it, it generally is a good thing yeah. but it can often be a bad thing if if you're like that with everything yeah uh then often if you have too many things too many balls in the air then you get nothing done properly yeah <laughs> but yeah so it is it is important to be able to prioritize and everything um but generally, it's uh, an advantage to be super determined. Yeah. I think most runners are, to be honest. I think it's a trade of any runner that I know. Mm. Uh, like, they're very determined. Yeah. yeah. And that, um, you know, one thing I was really interested to ask you was, you know, what attracted you to running in the first place? Um, you know, and particularly, uh, I'm not sure your background in, in running before you sort of... Um, really doubled down on it and, and sort of started representing Australia and things like that. But what was the attraction to getting into the sport, I guess, um, more seriously at least? Um, so I've always been very sporty. Like mm. I did PE at uni and yeah, all, since I was a kid, very active and into lots of different sports and everything. Um, I think for running, it's honestly, it was just that it was so easy something really easy to do I was mm. on maternity leave at the time and you know you just need a pair of a pair of shoes and off you go you don't need there's not a big prep and you can do it any time of the day mm. that you want so I love that ease about it and that accessibility mm. um so that attracted me to it but also I love the I love how generally if you work really really hard at something you can you get that sense of achievement mm. um afterwards uh, like in races and that so i really like love that about running um but i didn't start out um thinking i was gonna you know get to the olympics or anything at all like i didn't even i wasn't even thinking about state teams it was all just uh i was on maternity leave kind of new to melbourne and i wanted to meet some people so it was a real social thing um mm -hmm. when i started out and then I think just as I got better and better, I just started to enjoy it more mm. and, you know, got competitive and mm. entered state races and national races. And then as soon as I got a taste for 
like my first time representing Australia like uh, that was something I never really dreamed of I was so felt so lucky to be in that position and I loved it and wanted more of it so yeah yeah awesome and is that is that reason for running I guess has that changed over the years since you have been you know at the at the top level um you know what what do you think of as your kind of your why now you know and obviously there may be maybe multiple aspects to that but what really drives um, you at the moment um I still really love it mm. um even just like the basic stuff like to keep fit and healthy I really love that um I also really love having like like an hour to myself as well mm. like in a really busy day um but I just want to see like how good I can be mm. I just want to fulfill my potential yeah um I don't want to leave any stone unturned or or look back and think oh maybe I should have done this or tried that or yeah. maybe I shouldn't have given up when I did or whatever I, I want to keep going as long as I can and be the best that I can be mm. yeah, but- come on when and um one i'll let you speak in a minute I'm sorry about this i'm just <laughs> I'm, hogging her? I'm, i am really <laughs> um but with that did that emerge as you went because you know if you you started out you're on maternity leave and you're like hey this is accessible i just need shoes and any time of day i can make some friends and that will you know connect me to this new city i'm in and that's great that, and it starts to feel like oh there's a sense of achievement sense of progress and then that becomes oh I'm getting competitive here uh <laughs> this is awesome and I'm making real progress and then at, at which point do you remember going it shifting into I want to realize my potential and not leave any stone unturned in doing that um I think honestly I think it was um when I broke the record at Melbourne Marathon Mm. that was in 2018 um I just that was kind of changed a lot of things for me I was like I really want to take this seriously and put everything into it um like I I didn't really fully expect that I'd break the record that day Mm. um and I just felt like wow I can with this time I can be really competitive Mm. um so why wouldn't I you know give it everything that I've got yeah um and like I at that stage I was training with uh MTC and that was really beneficial to me just to see how other professional athletes trained and their mindset and how they went about things and yeah I just um that was a real turning point for me for sure Mm. awesome I'll let you speak thank you thank you thanks for indulging (laughs) um Diva we share the same coaches in Nick Bideau and Collis Birmingham what did they what did they say to you before you went into Sunday's last Sunday's marathon um so Collis had been uh with me for most of the uh training sessions so on like Tuesdays and Fridays yeah and he would like be on the bike um just doing laps of Alba Park with me so he Mm. you know has been very present for this build up and he's done a lot to help me mm. um he just he just kind of said to me one day he was like you know this is uh, you've got kind of got a free crack at this record tonight because uh it's not really I'm not trying to qualify for anything so I can just mm. give it a go <laughs> and yeah. um 
whereas if if I was trying to qualify for the Olympics, I think I'd need to be make make sure of it and be a bit more conservative rather than kind of throwing everything at it and just going for it. Mm. Um, and then Nick before the race, the night before, he messaged me and said, "This has been your best lead in since Melbourne," mm. and I was like. Yeah, I think it has. <laughs> so he he was pretty much saying, and he was like, you know, settling for the first 90 minutes. Uh, he was pretty much saying to me, be confident, like you can do this. So, yeah. you know, when Nick has confidence in you and gives you a little boost. Yeah. Thinking, All right. <laughs> He's a man yeah, of few words sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Powerful yeah. words. Mm. Yeah. That's cool because, you know, I think for anyone, confidence Conf- true confidence is grounded in reality like mm. we need evidence for ourselves that yeah. we can believe what we're saying mm. so if you're like i can do this yeah. it's like i can do this because look at what i did last week and the week before and the yeah. week before that mm. like it's so sturdy yeah. and then you can really believe it and you know it's so helpful a- when someone close to you especially your coach reminds you of that and affirms you in that as well because yeah. sometimes even before the marathon you know there's a whole lot of mind games going on and you're like oh you know I did that workout but that was like three weeks ago yeah <laughs> I still do it now <laughs> you know? yeah like when um, I got to London like I had that I was really nervous before I was just doing like kind of a couple of wrap-up sessions but I was like oh it's a new environment a new course maybe yeah. I only ran that fast because it was around the lake and I don't know I just <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. get all these silly thoughts in your head, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, but yeah. you know, yeah, it's so fun though to be able to look back at those and have that experience and go, oh, I've thought all these thoughts before. Yeah, and I still had one of the best days of my life. You know, I still had one of the best races of my career, and here I go again. You know, yeah. like here's another opportunity, and my mind's doing the same thing, and I'm noticing that but it doesn't, it's not going to stop me. It's not going to, I'm not going to let it limit me because I'm still going to press in um, and lean in and embrace any feeling like you did at, you know, 30K and 34K um, when you thought, oh, this should feel easy because they said the last 5K was downhill, but it still feels hard, but okay. (laughs) You know, like I just love that. And I think that's such a, um, such a great message and lesson for all of us that, you know, when you lean into to the feeling to any feeling great things can happen Mm. yeah and like that's one of the advantages as well of having like raced so many marathons I've done 14 Mm. and you 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 learn and so much from each one even like if it doesn't go well particularly actually if it doesn't go well you learn a lot but like knowing that all of these like little thoughts and feeling nervous and it's all just part of it and you've been there before yeah mm. um so you know you can handle it and manage it yeah yeah what's um one thing that's fascinating to me i want to go back to um what collis said to you before about having a free crack at the record and his words um to me that almost sounded like there's this real permission to take a bigger risk mm. and and by taking a bigger risk i mean be more vulnerable than maybe you would otherwise be because, you know, with like by vulnerable, I mean, you know, you're actually putting yourself, you're going out, you know, at a faster pace or you're holding a faster pace, knowing that, yeah, you could pop, (laughs) 
but yeah. you have to do that in order to see what's possible and if your if your purpose around running is so much about you know leaving no stone unturned and and seeing what is realizing your potential and actually seeing what is possible for you and I feel like that level of vulnerability is required in order to do that mm. and so um did you did you feel a, a greater sense of like permission to be you know courageous and vulnerable and kind of like maybe taking a bigger risk than than um other times yeah I think he was kind of um trying to let me know that trying to take a bit of pressure off me as well to mm. not he was saying that as if to say you know have a crack at it if it doesn't work out that's okay we're not going to think mm. any less of you um this has still been a great training block you're in great shape like it doesn't mean yeah. if the race doesn't go well it's not yeah. the end of everything yeah. um so when he said it it kind of lightened the mood a bit and mm. I really I knew what he, what he meant and I appreciated it mm. um yeah and Carlos is great like that you know he's great for um uh just taking pressure off and making you feel more relaxed and yeah mm. so yeah. I was grateful for him to say that yeah where does um where does pressure come from for you? Oh, completely from internally from me. <laughs> like I don't have nobody else is putting me under pressure. Yeah. Like there's no one is expecting me to go out and get the record. And if you don't, well, what a waste of time this has been today. <laughs> like nobody would ever say that to me. Yeah. Um, I'm really lucky that like everyone around me is really supportive. And no, no matter what I do, like if I had had a shocker. I would have come home and everyone would still have gotten around me and been very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just internally from me that mm-hmm. I put pressure on myself. Yeah. And how do you, how do you understand that? Do you, do you feel like it's, you, you just, you're like that in everything or is it because, you know, this is really important to you or like how, what, how do you make sense of, you know, why there's, there is that um, um, internal pressure? Um. I guess just I am like this with with everything pretty much. Um, well, I want to do the best that I can. I if I work really hard at something, mm. I want to, you know, see the rewards as well. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I like I remember when I was in high school and like for my final year exams, like I was studied so hard and everything and my mom was like normally like parents put pressure on kids to work harder and my mom would come in to me and she's like you have to stop studying <laughs> like she got <laughs> really annoyed at me and was like wanted me to go out and enjoy myself yeah. <laughs> like she kind of went the opposite way just because that's just my nature to be to work hard and stuff yeah, yeah awesome and like look at where it's got you right yeah <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's yeah. brilliant um we we actually have a couple of obviously there's many people who are so inspired and encouraged and Mm. um so enjoyed got so much genuine joy out of watching you um you know achieve what you did the other day and so uh we're going to ask a couple of those questions you want to pick your favorite Uh, oh there's so many but let's go with this one have you ever gone through any frustrating plateaus in your training or racing and if so how did you get out of them oh yeah many many times um <laughs> I think the worst time was after London 2021 I came back to Australia it was actually 
Elsie, when we were there and then we were in quarantine after afterwards. That'll that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks of hotel quarantine. Let yeah. us never you, speak of this I again. Erase that memory. <laughs> oh, I, I cannot erase that memory. Oh gosh, yeah. God. But yeah. I remember after that just really struggling to get back into training. And I was like, maybe I had COVID and I didn't realize I had <laughs> COVID. But then I think I said it to you, Elsie, you were like, what? We tested. We were testing <laughs> the hotel. You did not have COVID. I was like, maybe they didn't. I don't know. Maybe they made a mistake. Because <laughs> I just couldn't, under, I didn't understand why I just wasn't going well. And that lasted for a few months. Mm. Like I didn't really, I felt like, I, I, then I thought I kept, like obviously because of my age and that I, I tend to think oh is this is this it have I kind of hit that point where everything now is like it's a downward spiral but um I just kind of persevered and just I would go to training and I'm just like I'll just get through this and you just get through sessions you just get them done it doesn't have to be anything spectacular and there was a, quite a few sessions I blew up in mm. um but you just have to continue I think I just kept trying and I think at one point I did think all right maybe I need to take a few weeks off and I did take some downtime where I just ran easy for a while yeah and that helped a little bit um like a day or <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think I think it might have been like definitely a week maybe two weeks yeah great um but I eventually just started to climb out of it I don't know why I was in that hole it just happens sometimes, I think. Maybe I overtrained or I don't know. It was a big year. It was the Olympic year, your first Olympics, which you placed 10th in. And then you did hotel quarantine, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, three times. Yeah. Like that's that's hard. Yeah. Um, that, but it's, it's really good and I think encouraging for hopefully our listeners to know that, you know, you can go through those slumps physically and and potentially mentally and you know give yourself that give yourself as long as you need to to come out of it and give yourself the grace and the space that you need um to get some good energy back and yeah. um that's okay you know yeah. and look at you now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and um a related probably possibly related question is um what has running taught you about yourself? Ooh. Whoosh. <laughs> That's a listener so question, deep. by the way, you know, so. Diving, diving deep with Diver. It doesn't count on my quota of questions. Yeah. <laughs> many more. Um, what is it? Running has actually, um, it's given me a lot of confidence. Mm. Um, like growing up, I was very, very shy very introverted um doing an interview like this would have stressed me out of my mind a few years ago but um I've it's just kind of part and parcel with running and I've just gotten used to it and gotten better and yeah my confidence has definitely grown from it um what has it told me about myself though um I don't know that is a tough question I think it's like taught me to believe in myself and believe in my instincts mm. and not to be looking to other people for answers. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing. Mm. Like I have more confidence in what I believe in and my, my opinion on things and 
yeah i think before running i would have been a bit more um unsure of myself and unsure of mm. yeah just unsure yeah. of myself yeah. yeah brilliant and like how good when you have something in your life that can be a a training ground for one of a better word to actually build that sturdy self-reliance you know mm. that that sense of you know I can trust myself and my instincts and my judgment and I'm proving yeah. myself you know almost every day like that I can count on myself um that is that's such a powerful thing right and it's so transferable to other parts of life you know yeah exactly it's so gold yeah. um another question what personal qualities do you really do you think really contribute to your success um i think uh probably the biggest one that we've and we've mentioned it already mm. has been super determined yeah um uh, i think you you have to be because um it looks things look when when races go well it looks kind of it's always fun and this is easy and but generally most of the time it's a tough find mm. um you know training every day twice a day mm. along with you know being a mom and working and time. Um, so, <laughs> um, it's yeah definitely been determined is definitely one of my one of my mm. best mm. characteristics I think yeah and if we're going to define determined you don't mean determined in a way that is like um push at all costs you know what I mean like we've we've obviously yeah. just had that conversation around you know listening to your body and determination being hey I I trust myself to know what's best for me now and I'm determined to do the right thing absolutely by listening to my body rather than I'm so determined I'm just oh. not gonna, I'm not going to listen to the feels um because that's how I that's the mentality that I grew up with as a teenager running I'm like no pain no gain yeah <laughs> um, I think one of the most important things is recognizing when you need to pull back so by determined I mean been smart about your training and not just going as hard as you can like I've made that mistake definitely uh over training and I've just gotten into a hole because yeah. of it mm. um but I feel like I have learned from that and in in this block in particular there was like a few days where I I had something in my training plan and I just wasn't feeling it I was like I'm just too tired today it was a really hot day in Melbourne mm. and I and I made a decision not to do it and mm. previously I would have just pushed on and pushed through it and done it and that is that's how I got myself into a hole a couple of times mm. like you need to be okay to go to recognize in yourself I can't do this today and it's better that I don't mm-hmm. and it's it definitely paid off like yeah. so yeah awesome and um maybe just to open that one up a little bit more um I know a lot of people like to improve at uh, something like endurance you know distance running endurance sport it's so much about getting that stress recovery balance just right you know like you you're pouring on lots of stress with the training but then you've also got like life stress you know your mom you've got full-time work you've got other commitments and how important to you is getting that recovery part right so that you get the benefits of the the stress that you're putting on your system and training 
hugely important and I that is something I've only really learned in the last few years um like your body doesn't recognize necessarily where the stresses are coming from so all that stress is just even though it's from different areas of your life it's all stress on your body and you need to like allow recovery recovery from that Mm. um if you don't it it just you're just going to go the opposite way You'll, you'll just end up like um um as if you haven't been training you're mm. just going to perform as if you haven't been training mm. um i'm super aware of that now because i have like pushed myself too far sometimes yeah and um i'm very cautious of it now so i'm a lot more um conscious of taking that time to rest and recover and mm. yeah it's it's a massive part of training it's just as important as as training like your recovery yeah. Yeah, totally. And it takes it takes trust to do that, right? To actually yeah. go, you know what? Um, by not pushing right now, I'm going to get better. And I was interested to know have, the tweaks that you've made around that. Is it more, have you added things to enhance recovery or have you just been more conscious of this, you know, the cumulative stress and sort of um, creating more space, um, you know, when the stress is higher? Yeah, I haven't necessarily added anything, but definitely just that I'm more conscious of it. Mm. And will, you know, if I've got an hour or whatever, just to relax, I'll just sit down and relax in that. Mm. I won't go, okay, well, now I have an hour or two and I'll fill it with doing all of these other things. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's so easily done. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just, it, it just now that I realize how important recovery is mm. um, so that you like absorb your training and everything. Mm. Um yeah i'm more conscious of it yeah Yeah, awesome um last last official question for me thanks you um is what is there anything you wish you knew when you'd started say when you you started um you know competitive running is there anything you wish you knew then that you have learned and know now um i probably wish that i knew um that i would still be competitive at 45 Mm. and not feel like i'm my time is limited i need to do everything now um just because i'm always concerned that you know it'll like i have no idea how long Mm. this will keep that i can keep going for but i would love to have known that Mm. you know 10 years ago Mm -hmm. rather than feeling oh my god i'm at the end i'm at the end i need to feeling that pressure that Mm. i need to perform now because it'll be too late you know mm. next year or whatever um so that would have been nice because i could have relaxed a bit <laughs> yeah not not put myself under so much pressure all the time yeah that's actually that i think that's a huge insight not just for you know people you know wherever they're at in their in their career but i think just in general you know i feel like we often feel like oh time's running out you know like yeah. and we've got to achieve everything in a short period of time when i think and I'm pretty sure there's research to back this up that we actually really underestimate what's possible in a mm. decade. And I think so much of what plays into that sometimes is the sort of that somehow we got this message that like, hey, you know, you got to do this in your 20s or that in your 30s or that in your 40s or whatever. Like, yeah. it's like, but why? Like, what's yeah. the by what mechanism is that true? You know, and I don't think there actually is any reason objectively mm. to say yeah you know time your potentials your potentials time bound you know you know and you've only got two years to reach it like Mm -hmm. I just yeah again so many aspects of life there's 
offer more time than we think. And if we can just maybe be open to not knowing what our potential actually looks like, but being really interested to explore it and trusting that like we can always get better. We can always find a way to improve and learn. And, you know, the process is is so much of where the, where the real joy and value is. So um, I think you're such an outstanding example of what's actually possible, yeah. <laughs> not what, you know, what people maybe have preconceived um, limits around what we think might be possible. So mm, uh, thanks, just to, to wrap up then Sinead, I, um, you know, certainly what's so evident to me in this conversation mm. is how you have gone about it your way and that you have, you know, you're actually being yourself and how you run, you know, you're bringing that, that steely determination that you've always like innately had, you've, you're expressing it through running and you're, I feel like, you know, your breakthrough in terms of performance has almost come from trusting yourself and going, you know, I can count on myself. I, I can trust my instincts and my judgment and I can adjust, you know, I can adjust the training, you know, when it feels like the right thing to do. And, and, you know, I, I don't maybe need, you know, to listen to everyone else. And I think you're how in tune you are with yourself about what you're all about and what, you know, what's driving you that, that real drive to explore your potential and to see what's possible for you and leave no stone unturned in doing that you know, to kind of have running be an outlet for exploring that and letting your, you know, your best qualities like that determination and that, you know, you just got such grit, you know, such real, um, real resilience that you seem to thrive on difficult moments and thrive on like, okay, this is hurting, but you know, I would get to choose which pain I want to accept. I want to accept this pain over that pain, you know, <laughs> and and you're making those choices at every step when it's, you know, when it is difficult and then you're proving to yourself and others what's actually possible when we do that. Um, and so that's, you know, from a psychological point of view, that I think that's really insightful and inspiring about if we actually allow our best qualities to be expressed in what we do. And, you know, everyone's best qualities are different. Some people it's, you know, it's not as much about, you know, this this gritty determination. It might be this real curiosity or creativity, whatever it is that really makes that person who they are. I think having opportunities to really let that be expressed, let it be challenged and, and sort of learn to trust that, you know, you can count on yourself when it's hard. Mm. I think that enables us to reveal what's, what's actually there. And um, we're often surprised by the result. And I think you're recent performance is a real beacon about what is possible when we do that and we do it our in our own unique style um and so lastly on that i you know think i speak for a lot of people um when i say that you know your journey and the fact that you've you know you've done your whole career your whole your own way you know you're still working full time you've got kids and you know and people are typically like, oh, no, aren't, you know, aren't you supposed to choose running when you're 17 or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you've, you've really, I think your career is so defined by doing it your way. And I think yeah. that's hopefully encouraging for people to go, you know what, my time is not actually that limited. What would I like to do and how can I do that in my own unique best way? So, um, you know, I hope that, and I, I definitely I trust that our listeners will, um, be encouraged about what could be possible from for them by 
seeing who you are and what you've done and and learnt along the way. So thanks so much for spending time with us today. Thanks so much, Rory. That was so nice.